everything, 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 everything is Fine, we'll do a podcast. This is episode 18 of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm, I can level with you listeners. I'm still feeling the effects of a Saturday out with the New York Owls, so I'm just drinking a little bit of, uh, a little bit of lemonade. Whoa. Whoa, that's, that's a good. first. It is a first. Wow, I thought I was the one that was uh, drinking like soft drinks today, but... That is the first. Well done, Jeff. It's actually, it's I think I had like club soda in the first episode we did, but it's been straight booze since then. As you can tell, also on the line is Patty. Patty, what are you drinking? I've got rum and coke, mate. I feel like I'm being very boring with my drinks lately. But um, Are you ever going to buy like more alcohol? I don't know. I'm just being very tight. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm drinking rum and coke again. Also on the line, of course, in Ohio, Evan Skelter. Evan, what are you drinking? Uh, not so boring India Pale Ale called Commodore Perry IPA from Great Lakes Brewing Company. And it's actually named after my childhood hero, Oliver Hazard Perry, who defeated Lord Nelson's naval army in the Battle of 1812 on Lake Erie. He earned the title of Hero of Lake Erie for leading the American forces in the decisive, decisive naval victory, receiving Congressional Gold Medal and thanks of Congress. He's known for his battle flag that read, don't give up the ship, and his message to General William Henry Harrison, which read, we have met the enemy, and they are ours. It just got very uh, testy right off the bat. <laughs> why is he, I mean, dare I ask, why is he your hero? Uh, yeah, so my family has a little place on Lake Erie. Uh, I spend many weekends there, and um, there's a, a monument on an island in Lake Erie called Putin Bay, the monuments, Perry's monument. And, uh, I visited there when I was young and, and got a kick out of it. They had a little history lesson and a, and a little, um, what do you call them? Kind of a live action play on the, on the lawn outside of the, the monument. And I was just fascinated. Such a geek. Historical reenactment. So yeah, I, I get to, I get to look at that monument every time I go up to Lake Erie and it's just, uh, it's just fantastic. I just I scream, don't give up the ship every single time I see it. <laughs> uh, I just get so pumped for the weekend. You think Wednesday have given up the ship? Yep. <laughs> the HMS Pistol League is sinking. <laughs> Somewhere in either these United States or merry old England, it's very hard for me to keep track, is James Allen. James, what are you drinking? Uh, good evening, Jeff. Uh, ironically, I'm about 100 yards from Nelson's column. So, uh, <laughs> Evan, I, I feel like awesome. battle, battle lines have inadvertently been drawn. I'm, uh, I'm back in the uh, in the Admiralty buildings of Whitehall, and uh, and I guess we're, um, you know, we're, we're we're willing you to give up the damn ship. Give give us back our colonies, you uh, you buggers. Um, yeah, I've, Can we just I've talk about it. history today. Can we just talk about history. <laughs> I mean, through Wednesday. 
Uh, we, we could talk about Wednesday history, couldn't we? That might, might be kind of a little bit more satisfying. But yeah, I've uh, I've made a, a brief uh, brief trip back to uh, to Blighty, but I've uh, I've messed up my schedule to the point where there's no bloody Wednesday games while I'm here. So I arrived after the Birmingham Birmingham game and I'll leave tomorrow. So uh, so no Barnsley game for me either. Um, and to make matters worse, it's one o'clock in the morning, so I'm not even drinking a beer. I've got green tea. Uh, so uh, yeah, Evan, you're uh, you're holding the fort not only in the military sense but also in the alcoholic sense this evening. <laughs> Don't give up the bottle, I suppose, tonight. <laughs> we have a naval catastrophe of our own to discuss, which would be the Wednesday performance against Birmingham, the ship B sinking. There's injury catastrophes as well, a survey catastrophe, Knott's County catastrophe today, setting up the round five FA Cup fixture, and uh, in happier news, a Sheffield United Academy catastrophe. Oh, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We'll start with the Birmingham game. Evan, uh, we'll get to the red cards, of course. We'll get to the officiating controversies. We'll get to a lot of different things. But it was pretty much bad from the word go. Uh, it was bad from the word go, and, and it's still bad today, I think. Uh, it, not much to say. Terrible defending. Obviously, lack of discipline um i think you could see frustration just boiling over throughout the whole match and so man i so disappointing and i'm hoping you know it's the only match in which we've given up a goal a a league match that we've given up given up a goal under joss so uh you know and i think it's the only one we've scored one so hopefully just kind of a one-off just a a really really bad day Uh, because truthfully we haven't played that badly for most of the season so you know, hopefully we rebound and uh, come back from it but my goodness it doesn't get much more dismal than that I've got a theory shall I, shall I start with my theory I think yes. it's uh, a typical Harry Redknapp bung he's clearly paid off uh, our players Venancio, Joe Wildsmith the referee he's bought the entire game because obviously Venancio has been pretty good since he's come into the team. So has Joe Wildsmith, won the player of the month, for God's sake, in January. And the referee, no idea what his history is like, but that decision to send uh, Matthias off, no idea where he got that from. Um, so I'm, I'm blaming it all from Redknapp and some cash. Hang on a minute, buddy. You are, you are aware that Redknapp left Birmingham about 12 months ago, right? No, he's not No, it's Steve Cottrell. Bloody hell. He hasn't been there. Yeah, but Harry Redknapp's still a little jerk. He's, he's, he's still pulling strings, surely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry Redknapp is this, everywhere and nowhere. He's, he's, he's director of um, Bungs. Director of Bungs at Birmingham. Did you not know this? There's a grand conspiracy involving an invisible Harry Redknapp. <laughs> somewhere it's deep like in, the the in the background at Hillsborough. It's actually quite possible, really, isn't it? It was Someone was advocating for Redknapp to come in when Carlos left, so... Uh, Maybe he came in inadvertently and uh, and slipped into the opposition dressing room. Someone needs to update Wikipedia with this uh, new information you've given me here, by the way, James. I had to double-check because the, the Fox commentator said something about Birmingham City and Harry Redknapp early on today, too. That's what got me thinking. So I've been misinformed by both Fox Sports and Wikipedia I'm to get to the state. shocked Fox Sports is not up on their... Uh, Even so, I, I, my, my theory still, still exists. Second-tier uh, English center <laughs> knowledge. This is a startling and alarming insight into the level of insight offered on this podcast. I was waiting for a moment that Patty was going to get sued for slander, but obviously uh, we were bailed out by him not paying attention to Birmingham football for the last year. 
Uh, Not much yeah. to pay attention to, to be fair. Fair enough. I mean, I mean can anyone really look good at really all? Me that he's not. He's not really pulling all the strings. Still, I mean, yeah, he might have been fired. He might have left a year ago. But I mean, come <laughs> on. Do you ever really fire? His talents are deep in English football, as we know. He's always pulling the strings. So who do we, uh, who do we blame for the first goal? Financier. I don't know. If oh yeah, no, I, I, I think if you watch the replay, you know he he holds his hands up as soon as that goes it goes in and says that he got it wrong and actually go all the way to the end of the game. I think he walked around three sides of Hillsborough and apologised, um, which actually is the context you have to see that in. I mean, it was a horrendous mistake. I mean, he, uh, he looked just, to me like he chested it back, like he expected Wildsmith to be there. I, I think if you watch it back in slow motion, he actually he actually hears the call from Wildsmith and for whatever reason decides he's going to safely chest it back into Wildsmith's arms, except Wildsmith's rushing out, he goes behind him, he chests it over the top of the unrushing Wildsmith and sticks it on the line for the Birmingham player to stick it in. But it, the reason why I say you have to see it in context is, you know, and I think, Paddy, you wish kind of touched on this a second ago, before you got deep into Redknapp-based conspiracy theories, you know, Valencia has had a really good January. Um, he's, I think he's gone from strength to strength since he's come into the team. And that was one mistake. And, and in fairness to him across the rest of the game, you know, he, he wasn't the site of our problems uh, on Saturday, uh, that error aside. So it was an absolute cataclysmic error to make. And centre-back should be much better coordinated with their goalkeeper. But over the course of his performances, I don't think we can, uh, I don't think we can judge him too harshly on that one instance. No, I'm with you on that as well. I, I think it's, it's definitely forgivable. Uh, you could tell as soon as he, as soon as it happened, you know, he, like you said, he put his hands up. He he was disappointed that it happened. He wasn't a dirtbag. He wasn't yelling at anyone else. He just, you know, he did all he could do. He he stood back up and he went and, and kept playing the game. So, you know, that's that's a one off. And and I I like you said, I I've been happy to see him playing well, and uh, I'm all right with it. Well, we can we can at least rest assured that's not why we lost the match. No. No, it's because we then had another uncharacteristic individual error that followed about 10 minutes later, right? Yeah, ball just gets under Joe Wildsmith, and uh, the what is it? The player of the month curse is in full effect. I feel so bad for Wildsmith yeah, as well. Too. You know, he, yeah. he had that one earlier, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago where it went off his chest and they were able to rebound it in, uh, or it went off his hands or something. Um, it, you know, he, he's, he's played so well. And he has two errors that were just ghastly that make him look absolutely atrocious. But to be fair, I think that in looking at the fan reaction, I think everyone else is kind of okay with it as well. Um, I shouldn't say okay with it. I've said it about the last two things. We're not okay with it, but everyone else has forgiven it and, and understands that you know, Wildsmith's played extremely well. He's a great keeper. Um, and he's young, and, and sometimes these mistakes will happen. But... Um, yeah, definitely uncharacteristic. Exactly. You know, if you nice. actually, if you, oh, go on, Patrick. Oh, now you know what's nice uh, about. Uh, I think it was the day after the um, the game it was Venancio's birthday, and the club put a tweet out saying "Happy birthday to Federico Venancio." And I feared the worst. You know, like any kind of social media warrior, especially Wednesday fans at the moment. I was like, oh my god, he's going to get a load of stick for his birthday from all these idiot fans. And I was like, I, I like scrolled really slowly through the comments. I still looked, of course, because it's like a car crash, isn't it? You go, I looked through it all, and they were all really nice. They were all like, happy birthday, Financio. You've been great. Signing up, permanent contract. Uh, it was just one mistake. Don't worry about it. Keep your chin up. Like, whoa, what is happening here? It's like some alternate universe. Uh, but that was some positive news this weekend I saw from the Wednesday fans. So hats off to those guys. 
Well, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's fair, him. and I think it's not just that. It, while Smith got exactly the same reaction, I think, to, to where Evan was heading a couple of minutes ago, that Wednesday fans have been surprisingly mature about those two mistakes. Um, and you know, in the second half, uh, while Smith made some really good saves to stop it from being a real car crash of a scoreline. So, you know, hopefully that gave him a little bit of confidence back into the game. Yeah, but I think all the negative, or all the negativity has been focused at the referee. I think everyone's ignored all the the bad that we did during the match, and it's just uh, just an all on assault, verbal assault of the referee. That was entirely down to your shining a light on the referee's performance, Evan. <clears throat> and my goodness, I, I truly wasn't even trying to. Uh, make a stance one way or another. I just, you know, tweeted the the video because I know a lot of people in England can't see it, and so it's just, hey, here it is. This is what happened. Uh, I'm not too sure from this angle, and all of a sudden it took off. Um, and, and to be fair, yeah, from our angle, it definitely didn't look like uh, anything had happened. But there were a few people that were sitting in the north stand that replied to it, and they said from where they sat, and they were Wednesday supporters as well. Uh, they said that it looked like Matthias maybe threw an elbow or a punch or something along those lines, and maybe that's what sent him off. Uh, obviously, from what what we saw, we we didn't see didn't see a punch thrown, but per- perhaps that was the case, and that's what the linesman saw. I wonder if they still thought that after they saw the video, because it's it's very hard to detect anything that he's thrown or done from that video, even the close-ups. Um, it doesn't even. I mean, people are blaming the linesman too, but. The linesman didn't flag like furiously, like there's been a foul happening. The referee called the um, called him back. They went back to speak to the linesman afterwards. So it's a very strange decision for me. Hopefully, I think I saw on Twitter this morning that um, they are going to appeal it and should hear about uh, the result tomorrow. Yeah, it was quite odd because all I could see was Matthias maybe put his arm around the back of of Bremo. Uh, or, or the back of his neck or head for a second, but he pulled it back. It wasn't like he threw him to the ground or anything like that. Um, so I, it is perplexing from what we saw. I mean, it really didn't look I don't like think much that's more what than he was a actually, handbags. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't think that's actually what he was sent off for either. So that that was the kind of the initial incident inside the box, and they both carried, momentum carried them over the line. I think that, as far as you could tell, both of them just put their heads into each other. Now. You know, if the referee deems that that's both, I, th- I can't remember exactly how the rule goes, but if if you move your head towards someone with violent intent, I think that's counted as a headbutt, whether you connect or not. So the interpretation of the rule could be that there was a headbutt aim, but it's very difficult to see how that came solely from Matthias and didn't come from the the Birmingham guy at the same time. So, you know, at the very least, I think the the reasonable course of action would be to send both of them off, whether it's right or wrong. Um, it's kind of indifferent. So we were definitely harshly judged on that one. But, you know, a lot of people were there talking about how that changed the flow of the game. That was a moment, you know, that changed the mood and the flow. No, we were we were already well out of it at 2-0. So I don't really buy that that sending off necessarily, you know, kind of cast us into the point where we lost the match. Well, we were. We were a little, I mean, we were a little out of sorts. There was some, a lot of loose passes going around. But Matthias was actually one of the shining lights. He was trying to make things happen before he got sent off. He was making some good runs. He was linking up well with Datti. As soon as he went off, knew he was just a ghost. I don't think he got a touch once. Um, so, and even when um, we brought plays on in the second half, it just didn't work out for us. So I think we did miss Matthias quite a lot. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a similar kind of thing that's happening with the referees that maybe Forestieri had, where people are getting warned about him in advance, which seems very unlikely, seeing how they play as a game of football. But <laughs> that's his second red, second red card now, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, he got sent off against Fulham last season, although that one was entirely justified. So, uh, yeah. so maybe he's, kind of, <laughs> he, he's one in the reckless camp and one in the maybe harshly judged camp. But I, I, I want to come back to what you just said, Paddy. So are you saying that Addy is nothing without Matty? Yes. Well, I actually, to be fair to myself, I did say that you shouldn't play Addy without him anyway, because I think they work up well together, but Addy's not shown really a great deal with any other partnership. So uh, he just came true in that one match too. He was also stuck just, up there as a lone striker with 10 men in a midfield that can't pass. So, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for once, I wasn't actually going to have a go at Eddie Newhu because I, I tend to agree with you, Jeff. I don't think he ever had <laughs> pretty slim pickings that he had on Not Saturday, a great formula. It, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Every time we uh, we think, you know, right, we're going to start this great big experiment and see what happens, it just goes uh, it goes to pot. So I think everyone had been clamoring for him to start before Christmas. And I think they started, didn't we start him against Middlesbrough, Carlos's last game? Um, yeah. you know, we're clamoring for uh, for Addy and Matty to play together in the league. You know, they've been doing well in the cup, so we stick them up front and look what bloody well happens this weekend. <laughs> so maybe we should just stop starting new full stop and just trust him to come off the bench and do better than uh, than when he's a starting forward. But we did bring Zhao on, and he was very Lucas Zhao. Uh, one moment can get the ball out from under his feet, and the next moment scoring a cracking little goal. Yeah, it was. Um... He came on really well, actually. I thought he did better than usual. It, well, it's a better than usual. He's like his one game on, one one game off. He's a um, very frustrating player. He doesn't seem to know what he's going to do when he gets the ball. That's, that's his main problem. We spoke about it before, too. His uh, feet and legs have got different minds to what's going on above that. Um, and sometimes it can be amazing. Sometimes it can be terrible. And we saw the amazing side, I think, uh, for a small period uh, on Saturday, where he scored a great goal. Uh, he was given a lot of time, to, to be fair to him, but he rifled up some power behind uh, past the keeper, and he uh, showed like he was actually trying, and that's what we needed to see after a terrible first half. So I think he did pretty well. But like I say, can you trust him to play and start next week or this week against Barnsley? Who knows what's going to show up? <laughs> you usually know in the first 10 minutes, actually. Then <laughs> <laughs> okay. go pull him off. There's... Uh... Such an easy follow-up there, but I'm I'm going to push back on that. I maybe I see a different side of Zhao to everyone else, or maybe I'm just watching a different game. But I think he's been one of our much more consistent performers over the last five, six weeks. Maybe a little bit longer. Inconsistent. Um, no, c- consistently improving. Actually, I, I you know I've I've been impressed with the you know his physical presence, his willingness to drop back in, kind of you know try and cover a little bit of the the hoop avoid. Um, generally, when he's he's kind of been on the pitch, he's been looking to get forward with the ball with with some pace, and you know he's he's scored a few decent goals. And actually, I thought the goal on Saturday was you know it was an excellent finish. Actually, the power and pace that he got behind the ball, um, you know, left left the keeper uh, with pretty no chance. So uh, I'm not I'm not quite as frustrated as you're saying there, Paddy. I think I think he's if he's fit and and you know we're playing a formation that suits him i'd have him on the pitch as as a, one of our starting forwards full stop at the moment just given the options that we've got available to us actually i agree with you james i think Zhao, you know he's a young guy what is he 23 24 years old um and he seems to be the type that that needs to ride some momentum right he needs to uh collect confidence as he plays and i and i've definitely seen it uh throughout this year especially after he scored uh when was it couple matches ago or two matches ago three four five whatever um when he when he scored that you could see the confidence kind of come back and um i've seen it build and and i think that was kind of uh recently 
it really showed when we saw him start to drop back a little bit and play maybe out of, maybe not out of his element, but just played differently than we we've ever seen him play. And he's starting to add some different features to his game, and um, he plays with the ball at his feet. Maybe maybe Patty's right. He uh, when he gets the ball to his feet, he's maybe not sure what he what he's going to do next. But I think he's young, and I think that that'll start to come as he he continues to get touches and, and some time in in the matches. All right, I don't want to talk about this match anymore. So we'll wrap up with this. Is this just a bad day at the office, James? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Are we going to skip the second red card? I mean, nobody that's not talking about no, it. None of the New York Owls actually saw it because they all thought Pudio was on the pitch 20 minutes later until I informed them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um... To be fair, we had stopped watching after halftime at New York Owls because we were so bad. We actually put the uh, 91 League Cup final win on the YouTube highlights for 20 minutes just to try and. Uh, Bring some atmosphere back into the building. Right. Um, well, I, mean, I thought he got the can. entire ball and the Birmingham player made a show out of it. Well, I think the red card came from the descent, didn't it? The, uh, the, it was a yellow, and then he, he walked away and kept speaking and kept yelling oh, at the it referee. It was a second yellow because he got a yellow in the first half for getting into a tussle with Stockdale. Oh, man. Maybe yeah, I stopped paying yellow. attention at halftime. In all of our defense, pretty much half of Hillsborough left by halftime as well. Yeah, so, right. yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, think, I think in fairness, there weren't many people who were paying attention in the 68th minute when Padil got sent off. And frankly, anybody who was still paying attention at that point really just kind of let out a sort of death sigh and, uh, and gave up <laughs> at that point. So um, to come back to your question, Jeff, before we got diverted into another round not of going to talk uh, about the second uh, red card, morbid <laughs> reflection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, we've got to hope it's a one-off, right? I mean, look at look at it this way: if you go back to the three games before, so the three league games before the uh, you know the um, the derby, um, the Cardiff game, the Middlesbrough away game, in each one of those, we were lauding the kind of defensive solidity that Wednesday was showing, and the fact that uh, Joss Lukai had, had got us organized, managed to get this reaction out of players who weren't showing any sort of defensive discipline before and, and you were grinding out some results and actually we were we were pretty pleased with you know with clean sheets against three top six sides or thereabouts. You couldn't see the Birmingham performance coming from anywhere. Um, and yet it was eerily reminiscent of, of the game against Burton, you know, just over a month ago when we, we just, you know, basically lay down and, and invited them into us and, uh, and and gave them the three points, which is exactly what happened on Saturday. So I think it's something that's systemic in these players. I think there's something around confidence, something around technique and execution that, that is lacking. And, and that means that we've always got a bad performance in us if if the circumstances don't go right, if we don't start the game with some tempo. And, and maybe that's something that, you know, um, Luca is going to have to look at. You know, how do we start get, getting on the front foot, start scoring some goals early in games? Because right now, if we do concede, it looks like we've got nowhere back into a game. Um, and if we do have this confidence issue that means we can collapse in quite the cataclysmic way we did on Saturday, then we, we just can't afford to do that in games like Birmingham at home when we're in a relegation fight, because that's what it is. You know they're they're looking over our shoulders now, and and Barnsley will be doing the same thing on Saturday. So we've we've just got to put it behind us. Hope it was a one-off, but we've got to guard against the symptoms of uh, of going into the same situation in in the games to come. I really think we've got to start playing like we're in a relegation fight. It's it's it's, it's got to be something we start to put into the players' heads because if we keep coasting like we are at the moment, or free falling so to speak, um, then we are going to be in a relegation fight. I mean, we're six points away right now. Uh, you've got to really 
uh, think that these players we have right now are going to take us through to the rest of the season because we're not going to get some of the long-term injuries back. Forestieri, Hooper, Fletcher, Lee, those people aren't coming back this season. Pretty much now. There's basically a wall. No one's mentioned them in, in months. We might get Bannon back, but you've got a fresh injury now too. We might get Lee's back. Um, but other than that, we're looking at this team to keep us up. And it's a team that's not good, as we've all seen. Now, there's individuals in this team which certainly can um, uh, keep us in a similar position where we're in right now. But I think you've got to tell everybody else, we're in a relegation scrap. And you've got to play like that. Otherwise, we'll be really up the shit, Googie. Well, on that heartwarming note, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll head back to sunny Arizona to find out how another one of our American Owls became a Wednesdayite. head out to sunny Arizona once again for our second Arizona Owl, Jeff Weiler. Jeff, how did you become a Wednesdayite? So I'll be one of those many millennial type ones. I kind of stumbled on the Wednesday through uh, the FIFA games. And it goes back to the ones back in, I think it's 98, FIFA 98. And I just remember the name. And then from there, I've kind of always played as Wednesday throughout every time I get a new game. So then became a very big fan of it. Hey, FIFA 98, Sheffield Wednesday. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Wait, good is that stuff. Too, yeah, yeah, no, oh. that's the, I think that's the FIFA that I, I began um, playing with them on. Remember I, my grandmother liked the owls and, or she, she read me a book about owls. I liked owls and then found owls on, on FIFA. I think it was FIFA 98. So what was it about the name, uh, Jeff, that kind of like brought you in? Were you a, were you a soccer fan beforehand? Yeah, it was just the uniqueness of the name, really. I hadn't yeah. seen that before. I had just gotten into starting like soccer at that time. So, Were you following uh, soccer on TV and stuff, watching like uh, local I, teams I, and national teams? I started watching. It was the 98 World Cup in France. I started watching, and then it went from there because I was in Germany and then France during that time frame. Oh, cool. What are you doing over there? Uh, we were visiting friends over at uh, the military bases. Cool. Have we got another military person in the, on the call? Did you serve uh, for the U.S.? Uh, no. My, my parents were in the defense mapping agency. Ah, cool. Excellent. So you traveled a lot around the uh, country then? But mostly it was just we were in the, DC, the Washington, D.C. area. Excellent. Uh, and so you're in Tucson now, right? Uh, yes. And how long have you been there for? I've been here about a year. I was in New Mexico prior to this, and then a couple other places, mostly in, another stop in Arizona as well. And how do you get to watch the games in Tucson? Is it a regular occurrence for you? Do you get iFollow? Uh, normally, I just catch them when they're on ESPN or before then when they were BN. And uh, I didn't find out about e- iFollow until... I guess it was end of November, so that's what I thought. Season's going to be over by that point. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll just wait till next year to invest in that. <laughs> and um, so you've been into kind of Wednesday from the FIFA game in 98. When did you start really watching the team in real life? 
Uh, the, I started really following him. I guess it was the year uh, Chancery bought him. So I just kind okay. of started that season. So you're a Glory yeah. fan? If I found out first, a Glory fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love say that I started the year before we went to Wembley. At yeah, the end of like, the seasons when I kind of started just paying attention to the YouTube stuff, the YouTube videos. We've got um, a guy in New York who joined around the same uh, time, and I love that fact. I mean, a lot of people like in the big clubs like Manchester United like like deplore like Glory fans. I love Glory fans and Sheffield Wednesday. If you're a Glory fan, Sheffield Wednesday, come on the <laughs> podcast and tell us about it because it's amazing. Oh yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I was all really happy when we went to Wembley. I actually had to DVR the game because I had to go to work, but then watched it when I came home. I was actually wearing my Wednesday jersey to work. <laughs> Someone was like, "Is that a soccer jersey?" So it's like, "Yeah." So, so you've had you've had plenty of time and plenty of years to play with Wednesday on FIFA. Do you have a, a favorite player that you've played with? Um, I, it would be more recently the the Kieran's Kieran Lee and Westwood. Yeah, that's fair. Are they, are they also your favorite to watch, or do you have? Uh, yeah, they're, they're both my favorites to watch because uh, I've always I've liked Westwood because I used to play keeper. Oh, you did. Nice. Used to play now. Uh, not as much. I actually got in the refereeing in the last couple of years. Ah, okay. So, so was that a red card <laughs> on Saturday? <laughs> so I've I've watched that video. Uh, if I was if I if if I was the ref, it would be more of call him over, talk to him, and then either at worst two yellow cards, from what so I be, saw. To be fair, I think he was trying to call them over uh, for about yeah, ten, did, ten minutes. And then it went down the hill. Yeah, so it, I, I still have called them over, talked to them both, have them shake hands and give them both a yellow card because it was really just them jawing. Right. There we go, guys. That's our Owls America's official referee uh, verdict. It's a yellow card from Matthias. Owls America's, you are the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick on Biggs's uh, show. Right. So, so when you when you get to watch a match, uh, do you watch at a bar? Do you have some friends over? What's your game day experience like? It's like eight in the morning, Evan. How many bars are open in Tucson? Hey, not who many. Knows? <laughs> um generally it's i just watch them from my home i'll put put on the jersey put on the scarf and sit here and kind of yell at the tv sounds very familiar that's how i do it yeah <laughs> yeah have you managed to uh, convince any of your friends and family uh, to join the clan i've i've got family kind of starting to get on board people around here kind of look at me crazy because no one knows who they are and i kind of say this is what they are who they are and Still gets the response of you're not in the Premier League, so. Yeah. Is What's there like the? A is there a soccer scene or anything in Tucson? Like, is the people like Man United fans and the, the big team fans that go to the bars in Tucson, or is it kind of like very much American sports? It's more of the American sports. We do have a small. I think it's a semi-pro team in Tucson, and then you've got uh, Phoenix Rising up in Phoenix. Uh, actually, hasn't there been a Tucson uh, team announced today for the USL Division Three or something like that? Yeah, they're they're all kind of now under the same umbrella, both the the team in Phoenix and the team here. All uh, right, yeah, cool. So it's, it's yeah, still yeah, growing. The, the, area. the Phoenix, the Phoenix team is the one that uh, that Drogba owns part of. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I went to his opening match when he came. 
Was that the one where he scored the uh, like the fifty yard free kick into the back of the net? Yeah, he scored. I think I know he scored in that game, and the announcer messed up his name, called him Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri Dogba. It's, it's our cousin. team. Our team owner just scored a goal, Dimitri. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the whole crowd started chanting it. It was fun. Oh, it's brilliant. They should have um, sacked that guy afterwards. So, um, we'll ask you your opinion on this current season, unfortunately, Jeff. Um, what do you think uh, we can hope for in the next, uh, what is it, 17 games left? I can't remember how games left, but um, what do you think uh, is, is to be expected now? Well, I would say it's more hoping for everyone to come back healthy, because once we're healthy, I think things should get a little bit better, go back to kind of what was earlier in the season. But right now it's just getting everyone off that, but off the tables. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, do you think with this current squad that we could uh, still push, well, if we, everyone's back healthy next, next year, say we managed to not get relegated this year. Do you think that if we've got a similar squad with a few additions, we can still push for promotion next year, or do we need a complete overhaul? I think I think you ha- we have the, the the players to be able to move forward. I mean, a lot of them are fairly close to Premier League caliber players. So I think if with some additions and kind of getting rid of some of the age, they can probably they could probably push for promotion next year again. Well, I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Um, Tucson is is quite different from Ohio and, and from New York, where you know. Right now we have four inches or six inches of snow on the ground, and uh, what's the what's the weather like in Tucson today? Uh, today was about eighty degrees and not a cloud in the sky. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> Damn you! Yeah, I think as we established before we started recording, I'm working from home the next two days because of the snow. Ah man, uh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. It was, it was definitely a pleasure speaking with you and. Um, if you can set up any uh, any type of get-togethers, let us know. We'll be happy to, to help you out and get some more fans to, to meet up with you. Oh, for sure. Plenty of additional Wednesday news this week, and we continue on a rather pessimistic foot with a series of unfortunate events on the injury front from Patty Jones. <laughs> yeah, so the injury update is... Ah! Not again! But Bannon is injured. Uh, as he was supposed to be coming back within weeks, he got re-injured. Westwood, again, re-injured. Whoever is in charge of these players and their fitness... Uh, I know we've sacked one fitness team this season. Sack the, these ones too, please. And let's just manage them, like like put them in cotton wool until they're really, really, surely fit and ready to go. Because clearly it's not working, whatever we're doing there. Uh, like I said, in the last segment, Bannon, I'll be, I was surprised to see him again at the end of the season. We're not going to see Kieran Lee again, we're not going to see Gary Hooper again, we're not going to see Corey Estier again. He's been off snapping um, more holiday snaps around the world. So it's not, it's not going to happen. This is our team now. This is our team. Well, there's a little bit better news on the club communications front, James. Yeah, we, we, we're being asked to uh, to answer some questions for the club. They're, they're, they're in listening mode again. 
Um, it's, I mean, it's only been two weeks since the last fans forum, so <laughs> why why not send out a uh, a long winded survey to uh, to a very weird sample of the fan base? But I don't think anyone's quite being able to work out who and why they received this uh, this online survey, which was issued last week. Um, the first theory was it went to season ticket holders and members, but quite a lot of season ticket holder members didn't receive it. So somebody from the club sent out a, um, I think, about a 38-question survey to uh, to various people in the fan base and and asked some pretty simple questions like, um, you know, how's our, how's our merchandising? And um, do you like the food on the South Stand Concourse? And what do you think about the quality of our pies? You know, some pretty mundane questions. And then just interlaced in with some quite remarkably blunt questions such as do you think we should continue to spend money in the pursuit of the Premier League dream or would you like us to return to uh, low pricing of previous eras basically <laughs> not have a chance of competing um, <laughs> it, I think I'm kind of loaded quite an incredibly loaded question possibly <laughs> the, the, the most loaded question since um, a possibly current president of the United States cited an opinion poll in which the question was, do you think the president is doing a great job, a really great job, or an extremely great job? Um, <laughs> and then pointed out that the opinion was uh, was reasonably positive. So, yeah, incredibly loaded question. Um, against pretty much all principles of market research. Um, and, you know, if I if I kind of stop with the humour just for a second... It read actually to a lot of fans as a real statement of whatever you think about my financial strategy or the way in which the club is is approaching transfer spending, pricing, etc. It's basically we either continue with this strategy or we're all going to give up on the dream of promotion for a, for a period of time. And whether that was intentional or not, I'm not going to try and pass comment. I don't know who authored the survey. I don't know what the intent or the intention of the survey was in its own right. It has only added further fuel to a sense of resentment against certain uh, among certain fan groups that this really is not up for debate, and that you know many of the things that we've talked about over recent weeks in terms of the need for potentially a moderation of the strategy, a rethinking of strategy, so that we, you know, maybe spend less on the playing staff and and develop a different uh, approach in terms of investment for particularly for infrastructure is is unlikely to happen so it was a very very curious communication mechanism um again you know didn't really say things officially but gave the intent the intimation that there are some strange things going on still on the commercial side of uh, of sheffield wednesday football club so um, i guess we need to watch this space and see uh, see whether there'll be further surveys that maybe we'll ask alternative questions and maybe there's a bigger jigsaw of opinion that's going to be gathered but uh, i'm uh, i'm not in charge of market research at wednesday right now so uh, so i'm as much in the dark as anyone else i love it i love that survey question i know a lot of people hate it a lot of people are irritated about it but there, there's been so much negativity thrown toward the club this season, and obviously it's been a frustrating year. You know, we're not, we weren't expecting to be in this position. But my goodness, it's, it's so many times you see companies, organizations, clubs, teams, whatever, um, be very politically correct and, and very they, they take the PR, the good PR approach, right? Like uh, we appreciate your concerns and we take them into consideration. And then there might be a cetera, reason for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. And now all of a sudden you you have a club that says, "Hey, okay, you, you want us to do you really want us to lower our prices and if we do, will you lower your expectations or would you like us to continue to charge you more and put out a good product?" Now, unfortunately, <laughs> the the high prices high prices haven't 
resulted in a good product on the field. Um, but I, I love it. I, I love that approach. I don't think people should be offended or irritated by it at all. It's a fair question. Uh, and it's simple economics, really, isn't it? Like, hey, listen, if you really want us to charge lower prices, think about what the result's going to be. I think it would be a fair question if it was a binary world where those were the only two strategies on the table. But, you know, with, without kind of making this a whole uh, exposition of Wednesday's future um, business strategy, those aren't the only two options. There are there are others, and we you know we've just we've discussed them a little bit. You know, there's a, a spend a little bit less and and reshape the team option. There's a you know sell a lot of the assets that we have and and build a, a youthful team option. There's a except that it's going to take us several years to get to the Premier League, but in the meantime we're going to build our academy up and uh, and, and really kind of invest for the future option. So that there are moderations of strategies that we could be considering, and and I think that's where some of the frustration is coming from I mean, it's, it's less the you know look these are the these are the uh, rules by which we're working and this is why we think you need to have the following expectations but you can put that in a message and, and and respond to a fan question to put it in a survey and suggest that there's only two routes forward that that felt a bit blunt and it it it, it may be kind of sunk the entire enterprise of asking other questions which might yield some uh, useful information because people got really hung up on that one issue I don't know if this is positive or negative news, but the fifth round FA Cup fixture at Hillsborough is set. And yes, it will feature the return of Carlos Carvial after an 8-1 thrashing of Notts County in today's replay. Since I know you're all wondering, yes, it took Carlos's last eight games for Wednesday to score eight goals. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, is there any question that he wanted to come back to Hillsborough? Like, after just sending his team out to he sent tear a very apart, strong team to, yeah to, to just tear apart uh, a lower level team i mean it was uh it was quite a spectacle i mean how often do you get to watch a football match where nine goals are scored between the two teams um let alone eight for one team so it'll be interesting if if he puts uh if he puts the same team out there and, and sends them all forward we know no, that's not that's not Carlos football. We know what he's doing here. Um, he's just trying to to tear through us. So it's it's not all right though, is it? He never did that when he was with us. Where, where's he? Where's he learned all these skills and talents and you know extracurricular activities from? Why didn't Why didn't he do that when we were hanging out? I've got a theory about this game. I've got a theory. I think the uh, Notts County goalkeepers took a bung from Harry Redknapp <laughs> because I don't know if you knew this, but Harry, Harry Redknapp, Redknapp, the director of sport, the, there now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's uh, left Birmingham City. I don't heard that. He's uh, now the director of sport at um, Notts County, and he's got a lot of money riding on the uh, the Wednesday Swansea game. So, needs to make it happen. He's working for uh, BT Sport. Wants to make sure you get the prime TV game. So, how do we feel about Carlos? We've got we've got to talk about this. How do, how do we feel about him coming back? Are we are we ready for this? Um, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of the dialogue on social media is, you know, is this too soon? And I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm going to declare right up front. I'm petrified about the reception he's going to get at Hillsborough based on a lot of the commentary I'm seeing. Um, but how, how do we feel? Are we, are we excited that he's coming back? Or are we daunted? I was excited until the result of this match. <laughs> I, I, honestly, no, that, that's, that's the truth too. I, it sounds funny, but um, you know, he just destroyed a team eight to one and he's been successful at, uh, at Swansea so far. I think, what is he? Eight matches without a loss. He's beaten Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, and you know, he's obviously won an FA cup match as well, or 
round as well. So, um, I, I mean, it's good that he's coming back, but if he's going to go out and thrash us, it's it's not going to be fun. You know, I'd like to see us play him. If, even if we lose, I'd like to see it be 2-1, 1-0, you know, a close match where, you know, he plays his typical Carlos football. We play our typical Joss football and, you know, it's just kind of whoever puts one into the back of the net first is probably the winner. But, golly, I'm, I'm a little nervous now. Is it just me that couldn't give a shit whether he's coming back? I mean, yes. it's a cup game. Is that, I honestly couldn't give a shit. I mean, yes, he's an ex-manager, but he's an ex-manager. And I don't really care what perception he gets. I don't really care that he used to managers. He might know some weaknesses of our players, but it seems he didn't think, really feature in the players. I think pretty much everyone knows those at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly a state secret <laughs> so I mean I don't, I don't give a shit it's a game we have to win if we want to stay in the cup um, I think if we do play well we, we ain't got much choice we've got to play our second string or third string players that I'm hoping that they're going to be up for it to prove their old boss wrong but other than that it's us versus a low league Premier League team who are on a bit of a good run at the moment and uh, it's going to be a tough game well I'll tell you what every night for the next two weeks I'll be on my knees praying to the Lord that George Hurst uh, goes in, <laughs> plays this match, scores a hat trick, and we win 3-2. Um, there's, nothing, there's nothing I would like more than to see George Hurst just say, okay, fine, fine, I'll play, let's go, and, uh, and come back and destroy Carlos. I quite like the idea. We're going to pick like an 11 of Carlos haters. Like the players <laughs> that were most jilted by Carlos are going to be the uh, team that we're going to put out for the FA Cup. Okay. I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm not trepidatious about it because of Carlos coming back I'm trepidatious about it because of the impact it could have on us I kind of you know I, I know we've used this relationship analogy over and over, over again it's probably kind of been done to death now but you know when, when two people break up and like the the wounded party the one that doesn't move on just kind of goes into a bit of a stupor and kind of can't get out of their funk they don't want to go out and hang out anymore they don't want to start dating again they kind of you know they can't get over the uh, the previous person or the previous situation or whatever it is I'm worried about our fan base being that person that you know, Carlos coming back with his uh, his new club and maybe you know potentially slamming in a bunch of goals with youngsters. By the way, he was celebrating having three academy players in the team today, <laughs> uh, which was just like talk, talk about rubbing salt into the wound in the same sentence or two sentences apart from saying I'm still an owl. You know, I'm I'm just worried about how our fans are going to react to that if we get beaten heavily at home, and how that negativity could impact the rest of the season. So, it's not. Carlos per se that I'm worried about coming back I'm worried about the way that Carlos coming back could impact on you know what is going to be a relegation fight as you were saying earlier on yeah you just don't want to get embarrassed I think more than anything else you don't want to you know Manchester City in the in the League Cup type of performance obviously the talent at Swansea isn't to that level but you know it could be and we saw sort of some of the defensive shakiness this weekend it could be ugly and it's more yeah it's so where do you go from here can you just is it just one game or are there longer lingering effects if it's a bit of a shellacking. Yeah, and they are streets ahead of us. They might be a struggling Premier League team, but they have got much more resource at their disposal than we have. I think Els, it's funny though that he has also got injury crisis right now at Swansea as well, apparently. So that's quite funny. It's taking like a, a month to get the uh, the team injured. Damn <laughs> but didn't they, didn't, they, didn't they just sign uh, one of the IU brothers again for like yeah. 18 million, having just sold him for like 16 million? He's, he's yeah. like bouncing backwards and forwards between Swansea and, uh, and London for you know, best part of 20 million quid. I guess that's an exposition of how much money they've got. 
We'll wrap up with some actual happy news. It was a clean sweep this week for the Academy against the Crosstown Rivals. The under-16s won 5-1. The under-18s won 3-1. The under-23s won 2-0. What is going on, James Allen, in the Blunts Academy? Uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. Um, have you uh, have you watched the goals back? I think the under-23 goals are on uh, on the uh, the Wednesday app, actually, this evening. A couple of beautiful goals. Um almost kind of uh, in replica of each other, actually. United players lose it in midfield. We break at speed. And then we've got these got these players who've got this ability to kind of crack precision shots in from the edge of the box or kind of meet across with a, a beautiful guided header back across the uh, the goal. So, Skills that yeah, are we, definitely um, not in dire need in the first-team squad right now. <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of coming rapidly to the conclusion that we should just drop the first team and play the under-23s. I mean, coming back to the point about team passion and... and you know, just general togetherness. There's, there's something going on there that's good, and you know, I, I, it's interesting. I, I think when we talked about FFP a few weeks ago, there was a kind of a, a comment made that the the academy, our academy, is not yet at the level that it needs to be in terms of sustainability for the Premier League and, and everything else. But I think we have to give incredible credit to the academy staff and the team there, which has gone through some transition in the last twelve months, by the way. And we've got Stephen uh, Haslam now, who's uh, you know obviously an ex Wednesday player who uh, who heads up the overall academy and. They're, they're turning out some really good teams, some really good performances, and you know, in a season where we've got nothing else to cherish, why don't we cherish beating the damn blades on uh, on four separate occasions? How about that? That's amazing. I do want to give a special note to the uh, under-18 team in general, which has been on quite the run of form, starting with an 8-0 win over Hall City a couple of weeks ago. So other teams do score eight goals, uh, Evan. You do see it occasionally. Well, it sounds like a few of those need to come up then. <laughs> I did actually watch that video on YouTube, and I don't want to be like, these are literal children, but that was just some shocking defending from the all under 18s. Shocking defending. Did you know that Harry Redknapp is involved with the all <laughs> under 18s? <laughs> Alright, I think it might have run its course, Patty. So I have in my notes here that we're doing a uh, another Barnsley preview, even though we've already played them this year, James. Oh, do, do we have to? No, we're not doing a Barnsley preview. Look, I, I did enough damage when I talked about the uh, the disappointing state of public toilet facilities in uh, in Barnsley City Centre and the uh, the neglected uh, village that is uh, is Barnsley. Um, I think what we really need to talk about is the rather bizarre goings on over the last twenty four hours at Barnsley, uh, or at least the last seventy two hours, somewhere between uh, Paul Heckingbottom signing a new contract and then uh, naffing off to go and be the uh, the new manager at Leeds for at least the rest of the season. Um, so. Uh, so the dear, the dear old Dingles are in something of disarray going into Saturday, which, you know, in any other circumstances, you say, great, this sets things up for Wednesday. Uh, it's probably the worst thing that could possibly have happened before Wednesday go and play there now, because they'll, uh, they'll all be one club, one town, like they've been saying on their uh, their little piece of social media video, which is, is very curious. We'll come to in a second and, uh, and be fired up, no doubt. But yeah, the, uh, the hecking bottom situation is really, uh, really weird. I mean, I, I think we all know that he's a, a manager that's been... Uh, tracked by a number of clubs because he's he's done a good job at Barnsley bringing through young players obviously got them out of League One uh, they won the whatever the Paints Trophy Leyland Zeff <laughs> Paints Data Zeppelin Trophy or whatever it's called the the one that no one else competes in anyway apart from United last season um, but yeah he's uh, he's he's made the big jump to Leeds so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, how it affects Barnsley. They haven't won in ages. I'm just looking at their results now. They won against Sunderland, which like I said last week doesn't count. Um, but was it, was it Sunderland at home? Like, it definitely doesn't count. 
Uh, no, actually, it was away. They won 1-0 away to uh, Sunderland. But I'm, I'm yeah, going at, back, at like... Sunderland. It doesn't count if it's at Sunderland because they never win there. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to October. Oh, no. November. The, was it the against us? Against <laughs> <laughs> again, Birmingham. They won to Birmingham. But they had like two wins in like three months. That's pretty bad. It's as bad as us. Well, there's reason for hope then. I'm sure Wednesday is quite good at dashing those, but... This is didn't a game we, we should win one nil again. By a team that didn't we get beat by a team that hadn't won in like seven matches a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago? We're capable of getting sure beaten by all kinds of teams, Evan. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff has kindly just kind of put the kiss of death on us because he said that Sunderland have not won a game at home and never going to win a game at home. We've got to play at the stadium alike before the end of the season, Jeff. Yes, yes. So thanks for that. That's 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 a right old kiss. They almost went. Um, the, I think they won their last game at home in 2017, but did not win one at home otherwise. That's, that that sounds about Fulham, right, actually, because uh, my friend Sam put a bet on the fact that Fulham would lose to Sunderland at home, and they did lose to Sunderland at home. I think that was the only win maybe they've had this Isn't season. Isn't Sam a Fulham fan? Yes, but he knew <laughs> that they were so so bad at that point in time. They were so bad that he knew that Sunderland would get their first win of the season against them at home, and they did. Let's see. Uh... So before we stop talking about Barnsley, can we go back to talk about this video for a second? Has everyone sure. seen this? The uh, the little kind of promotional video that Barnsley put out this week. I'll be honest, I James. Seen... I do not follow the Barnsley social media accounts with any sort of regularity. I would uh, I would highly recommend that you do. In fact, I'd highly recommend all our American listeners do to just to get a, get inside the mindset of being a Barnsley supporter. So they've uh, they put out a little video compilation of. Wednesday, Wednesday versus Barnsley games throughout the uh, the decades. Um, although it only goes back to about 1995, so just the last two decades. But it's just called One Town, One Club, One Team, um, which is, I'm afraid, just a statement of fact because it is just a town and they have only got one club and as far as we know, they're only allowed to turn out one team. But the whole video is about how uh, Wednesday are the big club, but Barnsley are the team that are together and it's all set to a, a piece of music that sounds a little bit like the uh, the music off the Hovis ads which only Paddy will probably uh, get in the nature of this conversation <laughs> all the sort of dour state of flat cap affairs in Barnsley but they always get one over on Wednesday um, it's a, it's yeah, a except right when Chris McGuire scores like a 94th minute goal or any other time we've really played that yeah. in recent memory Exactly, or Paolo Di Canio slams it past them and uh, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, go and watch that. Um, you'll find that Barnsley are just a small town with a small club, with a small team that have got a chip on the shoulder about Wednesday. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to keep that chip riding a little bit further past the weekend. This has been Owls AmeriCast, episode 18. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday Ice Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. And speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our Days and Mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply. You can dial it for free using Google Voice. James is on Twitter at Manhattan Owl. James, where will the mysterious Harry Redknapp pop up next? Uh, <laughs> my, my, my bet is he's going to go into uh, 
a mysterious sort of football funding uh, business with somebody by the name of Patrick Jones of New Jersey. So Don't look for a filing somewhere around the uh, the New York Red Bulls MLC. around the, uh, the March period, just before the MLS kicks off. Evan is on Twitter at Ohio L. Evan, how many more games will it take us to score eight goals? Oh, I don't think we'll score eight goals the rest of the season, <laughs> and that's that's not a joke. <laughs> I really, I really oh don't God. think we'll see it. Oh, this has been a very, uh, I think it's been a totally appropriate show. Actually, I'd say it's been a depressing show, but they can both be true. Patty's on Twitter at Patty A Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, where are the meetups this weekend? Uh, nowhere. No one cares. It's Barnsley at 7.15 in the morning here in the East Coast. Um, so that's the earliest, uh, sorry, the latest in America. Obviously, Central Time is an hour before that. West Coast is three hours before that. So no one really wants to watch Barnsley Wednesday at 7.15 or 6.15 or 4.15. However, we do have some good news. Uh, and that is the City Reps we launched last week. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's got in touch. There's, about, there's over 20 reps now we have across the Americas. Uh, so if you uh, are in the Americas or you're visiting the Americas, uh, check out oursamericas.com. We've got uh, all these people now that have put their name down to um, be contacts uh, for their city uh, if you want to watch the match uh, wherever you are, ranging from Guelph, Ontario, down to Washington, D.C. Uh, we've got them all covered. So uh, check it out on oursamericas.com. Hey, Jeff, before we finish, I've just realized something, a little bit of late-breaking news. Mm. I didn't Ooh, even call for any other business. I guess this will be any other business. It's, it's, it's any other business after we've started to close the show. <laughs> We're only playing Chuffing Derby next Tuesday. <laughs> ah, yeah, you see how... Uh, do you have a quick Derby preview? You haven't played them yet. No, I, I haven't even thought about it, and it's one o'clock in the morning in the UK. I'll, I'll do a retrospective Derby preview, but... Um, yeah, I, th- I think if I'm if memory serves, we should have been playing them next weekend. But with the uh, the Swansea FA Cup tie, that's been pulled forward. So um, Wednesday, I've got two back to back pretty damn important games actually. Yeah, uh, when you think about it, obviously uh, Barnsley away being a relegation scrap, but Derby at Hillsborough is going to be a tough game, but one we need to get some points out of. So uh, so there you go, a, a little extra bonus for uh, for the already depressed Wednesdayites. We've got two games to look forward to in the next uh, four or five days. Huzzah! These are probably things that, as one of the Sheffield Wednesday podcasts of record, we should be more on the ball about, but we're not. <laughs> so instead, we'll just uh, see you next week, talk about two games, including one we maybe sort of forgot about. 